Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The kick ahead. And Dufty's chasing it. The bounce sits up. The Dragons are steamrolling the week to the finals. Inside the last 10 seconds of the game. St. George. Illawarra to the death. Trying. Brown goes to the air. Going back is Mabel. Oh, leaping high and taking it in marvellous fashion with Rod Wishart. He has scored an incredible drive that ties this small game up. Bartram from 18 metres out. He strikes it nicely. St George Illawarra win for the first time in their premiership line. Here's Nathan Blacklock down the sideline. Chipping over the top of John Payne. Welcome to the Red V Podcast, your home of everything about the mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons. Jack Clifton is my name and it is a bumper episode of the podcast tonight and it's a special podcast because we're going to be talking about the St. George Illawarra Dragons first ever win of season 2022. It was a good performance by the boys on Saturday night up there on the Sunshine Coast and plenty to run through uh, with the Dragons kicking off their season in fine fashion. We're going to run through uh, the the latest news about the St. George Illawarra Dragons. We'll wrap up and, and take a close a look at that win against the Warriors from the weekend. We'll also uh, take a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a deep dive look at the NRLW side. They had a disappointing defeat against Brisbane, but showed a lot of fight in a, a, a topsy-turvy game um, uh, between the, the Dragons and the Broncos. We'll also preview the clash against the Panthers on Friday night and uh, answer your fans' questions. Have a look at the lower grades as well with junior reps, uh, Jersey Fleg and the New South Wales Cup to go through as well. So plenty of Dragons goodness for you to wrap your ears around over the next hour or so here on the Red V Podcast. Unfortunately, a bit of a personnel change 
late on here with the Red V podcast. The uh, late mail's come out and Johnny Pets had to make way, but Luke Potter, the uh, a good friend of the Red V podcast, former NRL ref and, uh, and touch judge and a big fan of the St. George Illawarra Dragons, is uh, jumping on board. He's got the, and uh, I guess, 12th hour call-up, Potsy, to, to jump on the podcast. I appreciate you um, uh, ironing a few things out, mate, to, to jump on the podcast tonight. How are you doing? And no doubt uh, relishing the fact of a, a nice win by the Dragons on Saturday night, mate. Yeah, Jack, going really well, mate. And yeah, always a pleasure to be on, but probably even more of a pleasure when the, the Dragons are up and about with the first win of the season too. So very exciting to, to be talking about that big win. Yeah, big win for the Dragons on the weekend uh, against the uh, the New Zealand Warriors. They'll be hoping to make it uh, back-to-back against the, the Penrith Panthers. We'll be talking about that and a lot more a little bit later on in the podcast. But let's uh, take a brief little break. Let's uh, jump in and take a look at what is making news about the Dragons here in our Dragons News and Updates. First cab off the rank is by taking a look at that Dragons team list uh, that was announced a few hours ago, the uh, the round two clash, which is going to be uh, a memorial to Norm Proven uh, as well for the St. George uh, Illawarra Dragons. And it's a side that uh, looks very, very similar to, to the one that was trotted out against the New Zealand Warriors in round one. The only real change, Potsy, is in uh, the front row where you've got a few little changes. Uh, Francis Molo comes in to replace Aaron Woods. He's out with a slight hamstring strain. They, they believe that Woods is going to be back by round three in the local derby against Cronulla, hopefully. So Francis Molo is promoted from the bench into the run-on side. And that means that George Burgess, having played just the one New South Wales Cup game, he is promoted to the interchange bench in Jersey 17. Tarek Sims, been so much talk about him and a potential move to the Melbourne Storm. We'll obviously uh, uh, have a bit of a deep dive into that in just a moment. But he's been named on an extended bench in Jersey number 20. Apart from that, a, a pretty uh, pretty much the same squad that trotted out against uh, the New Zealand Warriors. Potsy, what do you make of that lineup for the Red V? Yeah, look, another strong squad to to run out again this Friday night. And I guess this is the thing that we've been excited about all preseason was that we had this backup and this depth now for a lot of the players in the group. So as you mentioned, Paul Woodsy, Vince, he suffered an injury round one. He was really keyed up for a, for a big season. So that's unfortunate. And hopefully it is only that two to three week break for him. But look, a great opportunity there. George Burgess coming onto that bench. Um, this is going to be fantastic to see if he holds his spot on that bench and to see him get around Cogra Oval on Friday night as well. So, look, I think it's great. I think it shows some real good strength in the team and some stability there as well that we can carry on through a really good team into the following week. Yeah, backline looks very settled and the Dragons are able to put on a few points on the weekend. They'll need to do that against a very good Panthers side, even minus Nathan Cleary on Friday night. A six o'clock kickoff against the Panthers. It's going to be the memorial tribute there to to the great Norm Proven who had such a legendary career with the St. George Dragons and they've actually retiring the number nine jersey for the nine. Andrew McCulloch's going to wear jersey number 19 for the Dragons in honour of, of Norm and we hope it is a big night for, for St. George Illawarra and a big night for the club and hopefully we're talking about two competition points uh, on the uh, the other side of, of that game against the Panthers on Friday night. Well, there's been lots of news uh, if you're talking about the Dragons or if you're in rugby league circles about uh, Tarek Sims. He didn't play in the first game of the season for the Dragons. He played in the New South Wales Cup loss uh, for the Dragons alongside uh, George Burgess against the Parramatta Reels on the weekend. And all these rumours, Potsy, have been flying around about his potential move uh, to Melbourne. From what we're hearing from some of the different journalists that 
um, are, are around the, the traps. They're saying that um, a move to Melbourne does seem uh, imminent for, for, for Tarek Sims, but it's looking more likely that it's 2023 rather than 2022 with Melbourne just not having the cap space and not being able to move uh, some of those pieces around to get him for 2022, even despite their own injury issues. And I guess if you're looking at it from a Dragons point of view, you want to keep someone like Tarek Sims uh, around. The, the, the back row depth is pretty thin. I think we have a lot more depth in that front row position, but don't really have any legitimate back rowers if, if injuries were to go down. And I think if the Dragons are going to have a successful season, Potsy, Tarek Sims is probably a player that you want, whether he's in the starting side or whether he's playing 20 or 30 minutes off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. This is a really interesting situation, this one with Tarek. We, um, we sort of got wind of it a few months ago, didn't we, that there was mm. rumours that he wasn't going to be hanging around at the Dragons um, post the end of this contract and that he'd be um, told to, to look for another club. And now it seems to be... Um, Fast forward made for him when he was left out for round one and having to run out in the New South Wales Cup team. And, yeah, look, all of the, the talk today was that he was going to go to Melbourne straight away, but then at the final hour, it's now that, unfortunately, the, the Storm don't have that salary cap to be able to take him at the moment. So, um, yeah, unfortunately for, for Tarek, we'll, we'll see him on an extended bench, but it still doesn't look good for him being able to run out in this first 17 for the Dragons in the Red V. So, um, look, very interesting. But as you said, he's a player of amazing wealth and experience. He was one of New South Wales' best forwards last season, right through that State of Origin series, and showed some real true grit and determination um, to help New South Wales through that series. So it'll be interesting to find out what's going on behind closed doors in the real reason on why Tarek Sims is being sort of pushed out of the club. But, um, yeah, look, I think it will be a big loss for the Dragons. Well, according to Fox Sports, um, Anthony Griffin has has confirmed that um, Sims will remain in the Red V for, for season 2022. Uh, according to Fox Sports, he's reportedly agreed to join the Melbourne Storm for 2023 and beyond. Um, but uh, yeah, whether that uh, that eventuates uh, and whether we get confirmation on that uh, is is another thing. Um, uh, Anthony Griffin has been quite uh, vocal in, in saying that he uh, Tarek missed pretty much three quarters of uh, the, the preseason training. I, I think he tore his calf or strained his calf on, on three separate occasions. So just that doesn't have the minutes in his legs that they, that they would like. So whether he plays on Friday, whether they're, they're willing to throw him in into the frying pan on, on Friday night against the Panthers or whether that being named of an extended bench is, is just a bit of an insurance thing in case other players go down with injuries and we see him playing New South Wales a cup again on uh, Saturday with the Dragons scheduled to play the, the Panthers down at the Collegian Sporting Complex. So many different discussions happening about Tarek Sims but what we do know for the time being he is uh, sticking at the Dragons and hopefully we do see him uh, in first grade in the coming weeks for the Red V. Talking of, of contracts and talking of rumours and players moving or potentially staying at clubs is uh, the Jack Bird saga uh, here Potsy that's been rolling on for a little while I know initially him and the Dragons wanted to do a deal prior to round one that didn't happen then we had all that news that came out prior to the Parramatta trial a few weeks ago where the Dragons basically played a bit of hardball and said that they'd rescinded a contract offer to Jack Bird. Well, in the last kind of 72 to 96 hours, we've, we've heard the Dragons have tabled a, a two-year, $1.1 million offer to, to Bird to try and, I guess, lure him or, or try and keep him under wraps here at, at the Dragons. And I guess from what we saw in, in round one, a try uh, being scored by, by Jack, he put in a really good performance, barnstorming runs on the, on the edge of the ruck uh, for the Dragons. You don't want to be losing players like him and Tarek Sims in a bundle uh, like that and, and let's hope that this two-year deal is is confirmed and, and that Jack and his party I guess agree agree to terms and we can lock him down at least for the immediate future. 
Yeah, this on-again, off-again situation with Bird, um, too, has also been a very interesting watch over the last few months. And um, it looks like he may come out on Trumps, obviously, with that that new offer that's been tabled to him. $1.1 million over two years is a good little collect for him. Um, obviously, still has a lot of rugby league in him as well. Spent a lot of time on the sideline through injury, so he's got a lot of bit of well, he's got a lot of rugby league left in him. But also for the fact I know how close he is to his family and friends down here in Wollongong, and the work that he's currently doing with his local junior club, the Berkeley Eagles. He's become so attached to them, and I did read in the media that the last thing that he really wanted to do was to leave the area. So this could be a win-win situation for the Dragons and for Jack Bird. Yeah, he's one that we want to keep around. He's had some good performances in him in the uh, one season and one game that he's played for for, for the Red V. And uh, yeah, he could be a really key contributor for the Dragons in season 2022. Quickly running through some of the other news items around the club, as we spoke about during the team list review, Aaron Woods uh, picked up a minor ham- hamstring strain. So he's uh, out of the action or out of, uh, out of play for this week's match against the Panthers. Uh, he's uh, hoping to back up in round three against the Cronulla Sharks. I don't think uh, head coach Anthony Griffin was too concerned about that. Uh, Travis Barrett-Hancock, who plays for the Illawarra Steelers under-19 side, he picked up uh, a pretty significant facial injury on the weekend, picked up a pretty bad no- a bad knock uh, to the cheekbone. He was cleared of a fracture and break and, and getting mail uh, from a, a good friend of the podcast, Stephen Bates, that um, he's actually been uh, cleared to play uh, for the Illawarra Steelers in uh, their local derby. I guess you could say do or do I clash against uh, the St. George Dragons in the junior rep competition uh, this weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about the junior reps a little bit later on in the podcast. And I guess before we finish our new section, it would be remiss of us not to look at the NRLW side um, that has been uh, named by the St. George Illawarra Dragons. They put up a wonderful fight against Brisbane for a late try. Uh, broke their hearts. They're up against the Newcastle Knights at McDonald Jones Stadium on Sunday, a 145 kickoff for the Dragons. And they look to uh, continue that, that momentum, that good form that uh, they've, uh, they've shown over the first few weeks of the season. This is how uh, they line up in this contest. Emma Tonegato, the talented fullback, is again in the custodian role. The wingers are Tegan Berry and Madison Bartlett. I know there is some injury clouds around uh, Tegan Berry in terms of that hand injury. We'll see if she does take a place for Sunday. Jamie Chapman and Paige McGregor are the centres. Talia Fumiono, who's been a, a real revelation in the 5'8th role, is named in Jersey 6 alongside Rachel Pearson. Uh, the engine room, Elsie Albert and Kezi Apps returning the captain. She was expected expected to return last week. That didn't happen. She still has her thumb in a bit of a cast. So whether she takes the uh, the field, that is, a, I guess, another uh, bit of information that you want to you wanna be keeping tabs on the lead up to Sunday afternoon. Keely Davis is the hooker and the back, rooms, uh, the back row is Tali Holmes, Shaley Bent, who scored a wonderful try against the Broncos and the ever-present uh, Holly Wheeler in Jersey 13. Quincy Dodd, Cody House returns after being suspended last week. Tegan Dimmick and Janelle Williams with uh, Renee Target, Keely Brown, Shelley Long, Olivia Namoche, Alexandra Salusi, Matilda Power and Chantel Tagaga on the extended bench uh, for St. George Illawarra. Uh, they've uh, certainly put uh, some good performances together, Potsy, this NRLW side, and I think they would have really learned a lot and, and got some confidence from that game against Brisbane, even despite losing when you go up against the, the reigning three-time champions and you you push them right to the limit and it takes them pretty much the last couple of minutes to, to, to win the game or pull the game from the fire. You're going you're gonna to be really confident about what you can do over the rest of the competition. Oh, yeah, hasn't Sowie, Jamie Soward, got this girls' team firing this season? They've been fantastic over those first three rounds. And, yeah, this weekend, a big clash against the Newcastle Knights. And it's going to be great as you went through those names to welcome a number of those players back, especially if we see Kezi Apps back on the field, to have her and uh, Elsie Albert being um, 
the real targets in the in the forward pack to take the Dragons forward. They've been fantastic over the last few weeks, so it'll be great to see Kezzy come back. And also Cody House, I thought she was great in the wet down in Wollongong the other week as well, so she'll mm. be a welcome addition to this team. So, yeah, another big game coming up. And I've really enjoyed this NRLW over the last few weeks, and especially this, this Dragon squad. They're certainly on the up. Yeah, really good to have it as uh, to really kickstart the the rugby league uh, calendar. I, I guess you could you could say, for for lack of a better term, we we didn't um, have the the scheduled NRLW season in uh, after the NRL season in in around that October November time. But I don't know what the plans are for the future. But I think it would be great to have it around this January February time, and really great that it overlaps into the NRL season. And we've got a few double headers around the grounds and different things. And, and I know the Dragons girls are making the club and the fan base really proud with some of the spirited performance performances that they have put in. It was always going to be like that with someone like Jamie Sauer that is so passionate about everything he does, whether it's uh, podcasting or whether it's commentary or coaching or playing. Um, Sauer is always going to be able to get the best from those Dragons players and let's hope they can string a few more wins together and maybe they're there in the final game of the NRLW season as well. How great would that be uh, for us as a fan base? That wraps up all of our latest Dragons news and updates here on the Red V podcast. We're going to take a short little break for the first time here on episode 113 and on the other side of that, we're going to have a, a quick listen to the highlights of that nice win against the Warriors. And then Potsy and myself are going to have a deep dive and take a look at some of uh, the talking points from that game, the things the Dragons need to improve on, what we liked about it, and uh, what they'll need to do to, to uh, try and wrestle two competition points away from the Panthers on Friday night. It was a nice win by the Dragons on the weekend. They beat the New Zealand Warriors by the tune of 28 points to 16. And if you uh, didn't uh, quite get to catch up with all of the action or you want to relive that fantastic win on Saturday night against the Warriors, we're going to do that here on the Red V Podcast with the Dragons 28, accounting for the Warriors 16. And we're off and running in round one of the NRL Telstra Premiership. The Dragons and the Warriors doing battle here at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Dragon setting up to the left. Hunt goes to the line. Out the back here to Amon to Sloan. Sloan goes on the outside to Ramalawa. The Fijian Flyers in for the first time this year. St. George Illawarra. They open the scoring and they get their first meat pie of the season. It was slickly done. Dragons go up the middle here through Woods. Woods out the back to Hunt. Hunt to Sloan. Sloan with a lovely ball back on the inside is Bird. The Dragons have got two quick tries and have skipped out to a 10 points to nil lead. Smart work by Sloan. The double pump. Nice little ball back on the inside. And Jack Bird scores a wonderful try there for the Dragons. What a start by the Red V. Nick Arima at dummy half to Johnson. Johnson, long cut-out pass here to Wateni Zalesnak. He puts a grubber in. The Dragons don't clean it up. And the winger gets his hands to it. And the referee will point to the spot. And the Warriors are going to be on the board. Sloppy stuff from the Dragons. Both Hunt and Sloan went for it and looked at the ball. It didn't go with the dead ball line. And uh, Wateni Zalesnak was there to put his hands on the ball and get the Warriors on the board. Adam Fanua Blake, and he busts his way through the Dragons. Woeful defence by the Red V. Sloan gets there and gets a bit of support, but not before Fanua Blake makes a 50-metre bust right up the guts of the Dragons' defence. Concerning stuff for the Red V. Johnson goes to the line, back on the inside. Josh Curran, Curran's gone straight through, finds support in Wayne Egan. Egan runs, 30 metres to dot down next to the posts. Great stuff by the Warriors. They have cut the Dragons to shreds up the middle. Sloppy defence by the Red V. And the Warriors are back. Looks like a penalty in the uh, play the ball. 
Eri here against the Warriors, and with time expiring in the first half, you'd think the Dragons will take the shot at goal. Lomax strikes it, hits it pretty well between the uprights as the halftime siren sounds in the background. The Dragons, they have the wobbles, but at halftime, they do have a four-point lead. St. George Illawarra 14, lead the New Zealand Warriors 10. Five gone second half, still that 14-10 scoreline. Johnson with a, a bending-looking kick. Ravala was out of position a little bit. He might have put his foot in touch there. He's tried to knock the ball back inside. The touch judge has got his flag up. It was a fine of Ravalari. He's not too happy about it. But uh, the touch judge has said he's put his foot in the touch and it's going to be a scrum feed to the Warriors. Warriors on the attack. And a dummy half to go to Johnson. Johnson goes short to Katoa. Katoa's under the post. And the misery for the Dragons continues. The Warriors running rough shot over them at the moment. Nice little passage of play. Short little ball to Alessi Katoa who crashes over. And in a moment, the Warriors are going to be in front. Hunt goes the line out the back here to Moses Mbai. Moses Mbai to Ravalawa. They won't stop him. They won't stop him and the Dragons take the lead back. Moses Mbai in that customary centre position. Put a lovely ball in the breadbasket of Michaeli Ravalari. Had three defenders on him and he still crashed his way over to give the Dragons a two-point lead. Amon, Sua, Sua runs the line, nice little flick pass at the back. Lomax with a lovely flick pass, Ravalawa into the backfield. Oh, they can't stop him. They can't stop Michaeli Ravalawa. Three tries for the brilliant Fijian. You could have put a brick wall in front of him and I don't think it would have mattered. Brilliant stuff from Ravalawa, but Lomax and Jaden Sua deserve some plaudits as well. And the Dragons go out by a converted try now. Dragons on the attack, 35 away, go to Hunt. Hunt back on the inside of Tyrell Sloan. Sloan busts him up the middle. He's been tripped up, looks to go again, Sloan. Five metres away, desperate defence by the Warriors. Johnson and Curran were there in tandem. And by a dummy half, looking for options left and right. He throws a quick dummy. He goes himself! And Moses Envy scores with his Dragons debut and wraps it up for the Dragons. Lazy defence there from the Warriors. They couldn't stop him. It was a smart little dummy. Slid under a couple of defenders, and the Dragons go up by 26 points to 16. The siren sounds in the background full time here at Sunshine Coast Stadium, and the St. George Illawarra Dragons have picked up two vital competition points with a resilient second half performance to defeat the New Zealand Warriors by 28 points to 16. They'll be pleased with aspects of the victory, the Dragons, but I'm sure the trip up to the Sunshine Coast and the two competition points are what's most valuable to coach Anthony Griffin and the Dragons. You can see how much it means to them. Full time up here on the beautiful Sunshine Coast and George Illawarra 28, New Zealand Warriors 16. Quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. So there you have it. A wonderful performance by the Dragons ensuring that they picked up their first win of the season. There was a few little wobbles in there for the moment, but uh, some great resilience shown uh, by the Dragons in that second half to pull the game um, uh, out of the fire and uh, make sure they picked up an important two competition points to kick off the season. Uh, Potsy, what were your overall thoughts on uh, the performance? I thought the, the the squad started really well. They skipped out to a to a 12-0 lead and, and played some really good football. Um, seemed to lose their bundle kind of at the, the back end of the first half and probably in the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half and then seemed to really kind of 
um, get a bit of a kick up the backside. And we, we saw, obviously, Ravera, who was just superb in scoring three tries, some really good, skillful players on the edge in the ter- in terms of uh, Jaden Sewer and, and Zach Lomax. And then we're able to finish off pretty strong to, to get an important 12-point victory in the end. Yeah, summed it up perfectly there, mate. If I was to give it a ranking, it's a solid seven mm. for the Dragons after that effort. I thought they did some really great things, um, some really poor things in the middle part of the game that sort of took us back to the Dragons of old where we thought they were going to lose the match. Um, but the fight at the back end was absolutely fantastic. To see them hold on, to fight hard and get that victory because we look back at past seasons mm. and the amount of losses that the Dragons have suffered by either two or four points is unbelievable. So this was a game that I'm sure the Dragons would have lost in past seasons. They would have dropped this one. So for them to to hold on and get the two points, a very vital two points for the Dragons, I think was fantastic. But obviously a bit of stuff there to work on this week at training, leading into taking on the Premiers on Friday night. Potsy, what did you like about the start? We seemed to, to really hit the ground running in that first 15 minutes. Um, and... and- I guess it was on the back of some pretty strong forward player and some really slick uh, backline movements that inc- that include the likes of, of Benny Hunt and uh, Tyrell Sloan and Junior Ramone. Yeah, we've spoken about this a number of times. It's not a hard game. You get your forwards running hard through that middle third of the field to create that foundation for your backs to play. You're going to score points, and it gives players the like of Tyrell Sloan the opportunity to show their wares. And there he was with... The first two tries, he had try assists for both of them. Um, big Michaeli Ravalawa, big Mika, he was outstanding getting a hat-trick uh, in this match as well. And he's a scary proposition, 10 metres out from that goal line. Like, you wouldn't want to be putting your body in front of him <laughs> to try and defend your goal line any day of the week. He's an absolute machine. And from all reports, he's training the house down. Love the quote, training the house down. Yeah, that's he's, right. <laughs> um, he's been fantastic this season. He's really ripped into his training and really had a good go this season leading into the 2022 season. So, um, look, the rewards are there for him and obviously for the team. But I thought the start was fantastic, and that's what we need to do. We need to get on the front foot, create that momentum to start with, and allow our fantastic backs to be able to play off the back of that. Tyrell Sloan seemed to add so much from the fullback role in attack. It was that opening uh, try that uh, was set up for, for Michaela Ravalawa. Then he uh, uh, obviously set up the second try as well and, and had involvements in, in in a lot. Even that Moses by try was set up by a Tyrell Sloan live break. So you could almost point to the fact that he had three try assists there. Were you impressed with yeah. with the way that, 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 that Tyrell played? And I guess on, on, on the back of his attacking play, what did you make of his, his defensive game on the weekend? Yeah, look, attacking play obviously was fantastic for him, and we've seen that a number of times, obviously, at the back of last season, through the trials, and then obviously here into round one as well. But defensively, a work in progress, I'd say. It's going to be hard for a youngster. They come in with all the excitement, the jubilation um, of playing first grade, and it's always the attacking flair that we always Mm. see from these young kids. Defensively, it's a different game, being able to defend there at the back, um, to get your numbers right either side of the ruck when they're, they're plugging either side, the, the attacking team. So obviously something that he's going to work on over the coming months, but obviously the attacking prowess of, 
of Tyrell Sloan is outshining anything else that he's he's doing on the park at the moment. He's just looking fantastic. Just the way that he glides across the field mm. and yeah, that that pass in the sixth minute there to to set Micker up, I thought was fantastic. When you look back on that performance and you look back at the 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 overall eighty minutes uh, that was performed by the Dragon Potsy, I thought when the likes of of Woods. Uh, Jack DeBell and Bird went off. We seemed to really lose our way, especially in the middle of the park. The bench players, although trying hard, didn't quite have the same in intensity. The the first try that we conceded, that, that sloppy try where both Ben Hunt and Tyrell Sloan didn't really seem keen to kind of kick the ball over the dead ball line, seemed to kind of surrender the momentum that that, uh, that we created in the first 20 or so minutes. What, what did you make of, of when the cracks started to appear a little bit defensively for the Dragons? Yeah, and that's the experience, isn't it? The experience that we have there on the bench um, in that match on the weekend. Obviously, um, I thought um, Moses Embiid, great coming off the bench. He's going to be a real big X factor for mm. us playing in that 14 jersey. But yeah, when you've got the likes of um, Francis Molo, Josh Kerr, um, even Jackson Ford. Um, yeah, he. Oh, sorry, he was in the 18, Jackson. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, like these guys coming off the bench, um, they obviously don't have that first grade experience that the likes of obviously Jack DeBellin and Bird and, and Woods have. So they're just going to be that little bit behind what we replace as they come off the mm. field. Um, I love Curry as a starting forward. I think he's always been great as a starting forward. Um, he brings that enthusiasm. I think that's just something that he needs to think about as a bench player now to bring that same enthusiasm, charging in off the back fence and getting really excited about getting into his work once he gets out on the field. And I guess it probably underpins the value of, of, of uh, Jack DeBellin as a footballer for the club. Just that uh, I know there's been uh, uh, mo uh, the, that mooted move for, for him to move into the into the front row. And I guess you could argue all day until the cows come home about how similar the prop and back row positions are, are now. But his, uh, that number 13 role that he's made his own since he's come back uh, from being out of the game for, for so long, he's just so integral in the, the middle of the park defensively. Not, not just what he, not what he does offensively, we could argue about that for hours but what he does uh, defensively for the Dragons just I think was underpinned when he went off and, and the wheels started to I guess fall off a little bit or we started to get our wobbles a little bit there Potsy. Yeah as you said offensively great he is that ball playing forward that so many teams are, are going with at the moment look at um, Yo for the, the Panthers the other night he was fantastic as that ball playing lock forward um, Victor Radley's the same. We've got that in Jack DeBellin. But mm. his defensive work that he can do, um, Bomber, is great for the team. He ties that defensive line in nicely. He creates that line speed to take the rest of the team up and has the good communication to make sure that they're all tied in and that they're all understanding their roles and responsibilities when defending as a unit. And obviously we missed that when he came off the field. So if we can try and get longer minutes out of, out of Bomber, out of Jack DeBellin, I think that'll be fantastic and try and help a lot of that because there were some defensive lapses there. Like some of the Warriors tries that come through, I think they, they could have been ones that could have been um, stopped and held out, mm. except for a couple of defensive defensive lapses there. So, yeah, look, I think he's integral to the team defensively, Jack DeBellin. I, f I felt the most impressive thing was Potsing. You touched on a little bit earlier when we started the match review was – uh, the resilience the, shot, the side showed to, to come back from, from 16 points to 14. Obviously not a, not a big deficit. It wasn't like they overturned a 16-point deficit or anything like that. But I, I know Johnny and I have spoken about it at length over the last couple of years that we've done the podcast that uh, even when a, when a side jumps out to a 4-0 or 6-0 lead, you see the shoulders slump of the Dragons and, and they seem to just be 
um, a little bit mentally weak is the, the term that I've used in in the past, but I thought that they really so, showed a lot of fight and a lot of resilience in that second half when it would have been easy away from home. I know there's a lot of Dragons fans there. It was a home game for the Warriors, though. Uh, it would have been easy just to kind of throw the towel in a little bit, but once those integral members of the side came back out and they started to get a bit of a foothold. Um, they, they really showed some class in, in, the, in the second half. Do you, do you kind of agree that there is a little bit more fight and, and resilience and yeah, ability to, to kind of bounce back when there is a little bit of adversity going against you in a footy game? Yeah, absolutely. And look, we talk about two points. You're down 16-14, but those two points can look like 20 points on the scoreboard when you're behind after having a great start and setting up a good foundation for your game. That can be huge. And then it becomes the scoreboard pressure. And then you see these errors start to creep into the game. It's handling errors. It's defensive errors. So sometimes we talk about, oh, it's only two points. They can peg it back. But Mm. all clubs right across the board, as I said, that two points can look like 20 points that you've got to try and peg back. So I think for the Dragons that they – they knuckled down and they did what they needed to do to get themselves back in the game. And then obviously to come away with the, the win that they did, 28-16 was fantastic. But again, this is something they could have dropped in previous seasons. So I think this is a good side to the Dragons and hopefully something that will continue for the rest of this season as well to continue collecting two points as we go along. When you look back on that game against the, the Warriors, Potts, we've spoken about a lot of positive things. What were some of the things that you, you didn't like and, and what are some of the things that, that need to improve for the Dragons moving forward? Yeah, look, I'd say it was probably some of those defensive lapses. Um, they showed some real true grit in the early part of the game. They had that good line speed to try and stop the momentum of um, the Warriors coming at them. It sort of fell away a little bit. Um, there was the communication, obviously not going across the line on – um, having their numbers right and being structured right defensively um, to be able to keep the Warriors out. When you've got someone like um, Johnson running around for the Warriors on the yeah. other side, he is a hard man to handle, but that needs, that's what needs to be done. You have a look at the quality of the halves this year. I know myself trying to do the, mm. the tipping comp this weekend. I looked at all these halves that were coming in and I thought, well, their teams are going to lose, but they've gone on to win. We look at... Um, um, O'Sullivan for yep. the Panthers the other night, like coming in fresh, replacing Cleary, a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but he went out there and did a job. So we're finding a lot of these new halves that are coming in can actually do the job. So defensively, we've got to be on. We've got to be able to stop that momentum being built. And obviously the the uh, the halves playing off the back of that, that um, the Dragons have just got to yeah really knuckle down and make sure defensively we're switched on, we're defending the line, um, we're not taking those dummies. We're making sure we're trapping kicks when they're within 10 metres of our goal line, that sort of thing, um, would probably be, the, I guess, the, the focus of this week for the Dragons at training. Yep, I think you're spot on there, Potsy. Um, a little bit of uh, uh, that work is going to need to be done by the Dragons as uh, they try and gear themselves up for a huge clash against the Panthers at Cogra Oval on Friday. Talking of that game, we're going to take a short little break. And on the other side of that, myself and Potsy are going to take a bit of a deep dive and uh, preview that clash and see where the Dragons have to improve and some of the things that they might have to do to try and beat that very good Panthers side. The reigning premiers uh, on Friday night. You're listening to episode 113 of the Red V Podcast. 
Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Red V Podcast. Jack Clifton and Luke Potter filling in for Johnny Pett, talking you through the very latest about the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Well, we've reviewed the win against the New Zealand Warriors, but it is such a vicious competition, the NRL, that you can't rest on your laurels too much. And it is go time for the Dragons as we preview their uh, Friday night's clash against the Penrith Panthers. That is a uh, match preview is brought to you by our podcast sponsor, the Colga Clubhouse. And I guess looking at this fixture, um, Potsy, a little bit easier now that there's no Nathan Cleary, but as you just touched on previously in our uh, match review against the Warriors, Sean O'Sullivan was absolutely fantastic in that performance uh, for the Panthers um, in the Thursday night clash against Manly, who are no slatches at all. They're a very good side, and you would think at the end of the season they're going to be playing some type of, of finals football. Is this is this one of the, the biggest tests you feel the Dragons could be facing in season 2022? Oh, this is a huge test. This is last year's premiers. So this is your this is your marker. This is where you you mark yourself as a team going into this season and where you think you want to be and what you're up to and where you want to be come the end of the season. So it doesn't come much bigger than this. Uh, but at home on a Friday night, hopefully a big crowd will rock up to Cograil for this one because this is going to be absolutely outstanding. Um, this Penrith team, what they showed last week was huge um, right across the board. They've just got dangers everywhere. Dylan Edwards at the back, uh, Jerome Luai and Sean O'Sullivan in the halves, um, James Fisher-Harris. And I mentioned before, even as well, I say, yo, what he does with the ball, he goes to the line with the ball in both hands and he can play long, he can play short, or he just digs into the line and, and takes his medicine. Like He's been fantastic um, for the Panthers over a number of seasons, but especially last Thursday night, I thought he was great. And then um, the bench that they can produce as well. I love Scott Sorensen, what mm. he brings to the team when he comes off the bench, and Eisenhuth as well. So 1-17, um, this is a great team the Panthers have got, and it is up for the Dragons to show their strengths and where they want to be this season and the team they want to be this season as well. So I think this is a really good test. You talk through all those names and, and, and the depth that they have across their squad. Uh, Potsy, when you look at the Dragons side, how do you match it with a side like Penrith that has so much muscle and strength up front but has some real class in the back line as well? Well, I've been watching Penrith a little bit over the last couple of seasons to try and work out and ascertain what it is that they're doing to be able to be the better team. And some of the things that I'm finding, they're becoming the really good team at working on the ground. So being able to control that play of the ball and the speed of the play of the ball and um, just finding little things to, to slow it up. So here's one for Friday night for all you uh, train spotters in the rugby league world. Watch how many times the Penrith players' arms accidentally get caught up in the play of the ball to slow mm. the play of the ball down. It's, it's amazing the amount of times I've seen it or the standing tackle. They love a standing tackle where they can hold the players up and you just get that extra time in being able to release the player. So it's getting more time for their defensive team being set, but also the line speed that they're able to generate. What they did there on Thursday night, the line speed that they produced to shut down the Manly forwards, which obviously stifled everything that Tommy Turbo could do out the back as well. So um, I think if the Dragons can overcome that play-the-ball situation. So they do that by being able to poke their noses through, find their front when playing the ball and get a quick play-the-ball, um, making sure they're fighting hard. If they are tackled on the ground, they're fighting hard to get up and get that quick play-the-ball, make sure they kick out, um, using elbows and knees to pop up and get that quick play-the-ball generated and get the Panthers on the back foot and, again, allow Ben Hunt 
to do his thing and drive the, the backs through and start setting up those plays. So um, for me, I think it's going to be one there in that play the ball area. And then obviously the, the Panthers with the speed that they can generate in line. Potsy, I feel defensively if the Dragons are going to win this, they've just got to be really, really classy all day. And they, they really can't afford to give uh, Penrith playmakers too much of a, of a sniff. I know we spoke just prior about some of the defensive laps that they had against against the, the Warriors. That's obviously a, a huge um, a period that the, or it's going to be a huge part of the, the game the Dragons need to, need to improve because if you, you make some of those defensive um, or poor defensive decisions or lack of judgment or a few little defensive errors, all of a sudden the Panthers could have scored 30 or 34 points and a half against you. That's exactly it. They've just got that much strike power right across the board that they can make you pay you one defensive error or one handling error and they're going to make you pay and they'll pile the points on very quickly. So it's a game that the Dragons just can't let themselves down. It's a, going to be an 80-minute effort for them and that's what they need to know going into this match. It's going to be a hard grind for 80 minutes if they want to go toe-to-toe with the premiers of last season. So this is a huge test for them and one that I think they can do. I think they can do it. They've, they've got the cattle there to be able to do it. Um, the coaching staff that have put in these new plans for this season, I believe the Dragons can do it on Friday night. I, I really do. You look at the engine room. I, I love I love looking at the, the forwards and, and, and the battle and I know there's so much talk these days, Potsy, about uh, the spine and the fullbacks and the halves. And, and obviously they deserve, deserve the plaudits they get because they make our game so attractive to watch and they set up so many wonderful tries. But I, I really just do love that battle in the engine room, the old school, uh, the, the big boppers getting sweaty and um, just trying to rumble over one another. The big bopper for, for the Panthers, and they've got plenty of them, it, it's James Fisher-Harris for me. He really lays the, lays the platform through that middle third of the field for, for the Panthers. If you're Anthony Griffin, if you're, you're part of that Dragons coaching setup, who are you looking at in that dressing room for the Dragons or who are you looking at in that Ford pack that you're like, okay, you're going to be the one that's going to match it uh, with James Fisher-Harris on Friday night? Yeah, well, he's got to go straight to his two prop forwards. And this week, Francis Milo and Blake Laurie. To Francis, this is a, a test. This is a one-on-one battle for you. You need to make sure that you get the upper hand in your battle with your opposition, be it Spencer Luau or uh, James Fisher-Harris. And Blake Laurie, I love I love Blocker's determination. I love the energy that he plays with. He just throws everything into attack. He throws everything into his defence. And I think this will be really good for him come Friday night as well. I think you'll see a really big game from Block and obviously a test for Francis Milo as well to show his worth that he is a starting forward and that he can do the job for the Dragons this season up front to, to try and stop these two big Big fellas of the uh, the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, played a lot of football off the bench. Even when he played uh, for the Queensland Maroons, he came off the bench there. So it doesn't have a whole lot of exposure of starting. But if he wants to, I think every proper, every forward that plays the game wants to be in that starting that starting role and a great opportunity for him to lay a platform for the Dragons and, and maybe even lead them uh, into a, a good position where they might be able to, to get a victory against, against the Panthers. Uh, Potsy, before we finish our uh, match preview and move on to, to some of the lower grades and some of the other stuff happening, uh, around the, the club. What's going to be seen as a pass mark here against the Panthers? It might sound like a bit of a funny question, but uh, if the Dragons, I guess, would 
were to put in a similar performance as to what the NRLW side put in against ladder leaders Brisbane and kind of matched it with them for 80 minutes. Obviously, as fans, you want your side to win every single game they play in, but would a, would a, a good performance where they really push Penrith for 80 minutes be seen as a pass mark, or do the Dragons need to go into Cogra on what is no doubt going to be a really emotional night for celebrating the, the life and the career of Norm Proven, one of St. George's favourite sons? They need to go in there and, and pull that game out of the fire and get and get two points on, on Friday. Is that is that going to be a pass mark? What do you see as a pass mark on Friday night? Yeah, look, obviously, it's it's going to be a huge upset if the Dragons do win on Friday night. Um, but as I said before, I think they, they can do it. I believe they can do it. But if we're looking at a pass mark and they're not to get the win, well, you just want to see them be competitive for that 80 minutes. You don't want to see a blowout scoreline because that blowout scoreline, all that's going to do is undo all of the good work from last weekend and then bring pressure back onto the club again to start finding a winning formula. And obviously, in the weeks leading up, they haven't got the most favourable draw so this really needs to be a game of, if not win, then it's got to be a game that you've got to be super competitive in and do not allow it to be a blowout scoreline because that will just undo all the good work that the Dragons have done so far. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what transpires on Friday night. would encourage Dragons fans that are maybe sitting on the fence or thinking to go, please go to Cogra. I know it's not the most ideal time slot, a Friday 6 o'clock time with uh, lots of uh, lots of fans uh, still finishing work and and the like, but uh, it would be so great to have a really big crowd there at Cogra for the, her first home game of the season, create a great atmosphere, and obviously the, uh, a night celebrating the life and career of, of Norm Proven would be, would be so good and maybe can urge the boys on to uh, a really big performance against the Penrith. Panthers on Friday. We're going to take another break here on the Red V podcast. Plenty of a lot more information about the Mighty Dragons. We're going to have a look at the lower grade rap. We'll be going to be talking New South Wales Cup, Jersey Fleet Junior Reps, and we're also going to be answering your fan questions. So plenty more to come here on episode 113 of the Red V podcast. Let's jump in and take a look at some of the lower grade results in our lower grade wrap here on the Red V podcast. It is a, uh, a cast of thousands, I guess you could say, in terms of some of the stuff that we're covering with the under 17s, under 19s action, but also the under 21 Jersey Flag and uh, the New South Wales Cup sides that all played on the weekend. Uh, Potsy, it was a bit of a, a mixed weekend uh, for, for the Dragons, for all the sides that, uh, that played. Uh, before we uh, do jump in and, and take a look at the results, we'll just uh, uh, line out how the uh, the Dragons lower grade teams line up for the weekend. They're both taking on uh, the Penrith Panthers at Collegian Sporting Complex down there at Fig Tree. So we've got uh, the uh, the Dragons jersey fleek side, the under-21 side kicking off at 11.15am and that's followed up by uh, the knockout effect uh, cup side or the New South Wales cup side of uh, the Dragons at 1 o'clock. For the New South Wales cup side, they line up like this. Not too many changes from the game last week. Trey Stewart is at the back. The wingers Jonathan Rubin and Bailey Antrobus. The centres Ethan Clark-Wood and Leonard Skelton. Max Batty in the 5'8 position, Dean Bloor the halfback. Shalomo Ofu, who came off the bench last week, starts at prop alongside Josh Corrick, who shifts from the, uh, the lock position into the front row. Connemal Heisen in a hooker is a, a valuable pickup for the Dragons. Josh Carr is the captain in the back row alongside Jackson Sherub and Jack Boiling locks the scrum with a bench. Uh, Brad Dietz in 14, Lucas Castle 15, Tristan Alvado uh, in jersey 16 and Sam McCann, a familiar name in the Dragons lower grades in jersey 17. And with the jersey flag side, they had a nice win against the Parramatta Eels on the weekend. Uh, they are unchanged uh, as they head into this clash against the Panthers, who are always very strong uh, in, in the lower grades. Callum Gromick at the back, John Vunga and Alex 
Lobb on the flanks. Tate Roberts and Ben Johnson, your centres. Zach Sharing is the 5'8". Braxton Wallace, the half. Bryce Magnone, who played brilliantly last week, scored a wonderful individual try, is one prop. Aaron Johnson is his prop partner. Sam Hooper is the hooker and captain. And the back row of Hayden Budd, Duke Grant and Dallas Collins. With the bench looking like this is an extended bench. You've got Declan Purcell, Phoenix, Vetanuba, Finity, uh, Thomas Phillips in 16, Clive Bread in 17. And then Isaac Morris, Harley Sanchez, Cooper Roberts, Harry Rudd, Callum Perryman and Mackenzie Roach in jersey 23. Rounding out an extended bench for Willie Talao and his his team. Some uh, good results on the weekend. And, and I guess the, the highlight of that was uh, was the Jersey Fleek side that had a, a bit of a seesawing battle. Potsy against the Pamela Eels and end up winning by, by eight points. They had an impressive season last year. And I guess it's showing the, the real quality that's coming through those St. George and Illawarra systems that's, that's leading them to uh, put some really great performances on the field. But some really good young talented players as well. Yeah, it's always good when you get a, a win against the, the Parramatta Eagles in the lower grades. We know the, the strength of their junior competition, so they are sort of the benchmark, the, the, the Penriths and the, the Parramatta's when you're playing in these lower-grade competitions, that if, if you can get wins against these clubs, you know you're travelling well. And, yeah, look, this Dragons team, some good young kids coming through, obviously coming from both the Dragons and the Steelers' junior rep uh, terms over the past seasons. But the one that I'm really happy for there, Sam Hooper, to see him kicking mm. along. He was a young kid that was actually playing halfback in front of Bud Sullivan uh, in the junior reps, but unfortunately it was a knee injury that he'd suffered in an Oztag competition um, that cost him a season. Bud Sullivan gets the jump and we now know his story, so it's great to see Sam Hooper now kicking on and doing some really good stuff there in that Jersey flag team for the Dragons. Yeah, really good stuff for, for Sam. We'll uh, hopefully have a, a chat to him at, uh, on the podcast at some stage through the season. Now, when they won uh, their clash, the Jersey Fleek side, 30 points to 22 um, against the Parramatta Eels and then have uh, Parramatta's neighbours, Penrith, uh, this weekend, as do the New South Wales Cup side. They unfortunately just weren't at their best on uh, on the weekend, the New South Wales Cup side. They'll dust themselves off. They lost by 34 points to six. And uh, yeah, there is some uh, familiar names there when you look at the likes of, of Josh Corrick, Shalom Oufu, and also Jackson Sherab uh, alongside Conor Hyers and so some big names there for the Dragons hopefully can get them over the line uh, in that clash on Saturday afternoon against the Panthers. Uh, jumping across and taking a look at the junior reps, it was a little bit of a different round in the junior reps on the weekend because it uh, it was uh, the catch-up matches from round four. So round four, uh, there'd been a whole lot of rain. St. George, uh, The St. George Dragons games had gone ahead on the 26th of February, but there was a host of games uh, that were cancelled. That meant that uh, the Illawarra Steelers were in battle um, against the Penrith Panthers. Uh, so they went down in the under-17s, Harold Matthews Cup, uh, Penrith uh, are very strong in all of those competitions and uh, were, were far too strong for Illawarra. Uh, 32 points to 22 in in that round four. Replayed a fixture. James Walsh, the standout for that young Steelers under-17 side. He scored a double. Uh, Samson, McAllister, Wood, and also Seth Pearman also uh, scored. Wilson, of course, he scored four tries for the Panthers. So he had a, a, a quite a day out for, for Penrith uh, in that fixture. Although things were turned around in the SG Ball Cup, and I know the Penrith side, they have all sorts of wraps on them in that under-19s competition. They've been so, so good. But uh, Illawarra went in and, and kind of surprised them. And maybe uh, that could be a sign, Potsy, of what the first grade boys could do. They went out to Penrith and put in a really solid performance. Jack Bostock, who's been huge for the Dragon, uh, for, for the Steelers uh, junior rep sides in in recent years, but especially this year. He bagged a couple more tries in that center role. And then you had uh, Ethan Cliff and then the two big boppers, Potsy. Jacob Webster at prop and Toby Couchman, one of the other props that both uh, crashed over in 
in the the five tries to, to three win. Uh, Illawarra, I wouldn't say they've been up and down in the, the SG ball competition this year, but they, they probably haven't hit their straps and, and probably haven't been playing at their best, but that was their best, a, a really good 70-minute performance uh, against the Panthers. Uh, and much like the Dragons could do on Friday night, that is going to be a huge boost for their confidence and, and could uh, play a bit of mind games with the Panthers as we get closer to the final series. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing now to see um, the size of these players coming through. So Illawarra players coming through in junior reps in years gone by were always the smaller, surfy little kids that Mm. struggled to match it against some of these bigger Sydney clubs. Well, something's happened in the water down here in Wollongong and these Illawarra boys have certainly shot up. And as you said, there's some real big boppers in this team and even in the back line as well, like um, Jack Bostock and um, Toby Couchman up front. Just really big boys that can carry themselves so well and obviously building to some good careers. We know Toby's already signed on with the Dragons um, for an extended period of time as well. Ethan Cliff at fullback. um, He's a big kid from the Western Suburbs Red Devils club here in Wollongong as well, doing some great things. So, yeah, that's a great win. Five tries to three, 24-16 over the Panthers last weekend. So hopefully the Steelers can continue that winning form there in that estuary ball competition. And what's so exciting, Potsy, because the, the junior rep season doesn't last for that long, it, it starts in, in late January and, and normally the grand final is, is around May, has mean that uh, a lot of these a lot of these guys that are playing, especially the guys playing SG ball for, for the Harold Matz guys, they obviously go back and, and play a, a lot of their local, uh, with their local footy clubs, which is a huge boost for them in, in local footy down in the Illawarra region, but also up in the St. George district for, for the Dragons. But for these guys that are playing SG ball, the likes of Toby Couchman, and Jack Bostock and, and, and the rest, Trey Barlow, who we spoke with, uh, Travis Barrett-Hancock, who will be playing for the Steelers this weekend. Uh, th- there's a good chance they're going to be promoted to that Jersey Fleek side. And all of a sudden, that Jersey Fleek side gets it gets a few uh, decent bodies in there and a few big names. And maybe even some of those guys go straight from that SG ball competition um, and that junior rep system into playing the New South Wales Cup. We know that Tyrell Sloan and, and Ju- well, Junior Moan went straight from SG ball to, to first grade. But there's an opportunity that, that maybe um, they, they could go and to Russell Aitken's New South Wales Cup side and, and uh, well, I guess get toughened up for lack of a, a better term, but also add a, a little bit of class to some of those lower grade sides at the Dragons. Yeah, that's right. There's so many opportunities now for these kids that, yeah, once the, the season does finish in junior reps, as you said, it's only what nine-week regular competition and had on your finals, you're done by May. So if you're not falling back into the local competition, then you'll continue on in the academy programs that the Dragons run um, for both Dragons and Steelers junior rep players or you may be lucky enough to get a start in the Jersey flag. So lots of opportunities there. But then I've also seen here in the Illawarra as well, a lot of the local clubs will give these kids an opportunity in first grade as well. So they can start to learn to play against men, um, Mm. which is a really big learning curve for some of these boys who are only just turning 18 years of age. So um, really good opportunities there for them to, to learn their craft and, understand how the game works at so many different levels. So it is, it's great. The, the, the pathways and systems that the Dragons have now got in place for these young kids going through it, um, it certainly helps to build a, a very good future for the St. George Laura Dragons. Yes, uh, plenty of great names there for some of those lower grade sides. And that will, as always, we'll keep tabs on that over our social media uh, over the weekend, uh, uh, covering some of those results for you. And uh, yeah, always enjoy getting to talk about uh, the stars of, of tomorrow, but even the guys that don't make it to, to first grade, they play at such a high level and they um, have a lot of fans uh, supporting them. So we'll continue to uh, punch that uh, content out for you here on uh, the Red V podcast.
podcast. Almost time for Potsy and myself to bid you farewell. Before we do that, we move into our final section of the podcast by taking a listen uh, to your fans' corner questions uh, for this week. We've got just the one audio question. Uh, one of uh, the good friends of our podcast, Tim Bashir, has uh, been good enough to, to send in an audio question this week. And this was uh, what he wanted to say to myself and Potsy. Well, he uh, addressed it to Johnny, not knowing of the late personnel change. But uh, this is what he wanted to send to, to me and Potsy tonight on episode 113 of the Red V podcast. Hey, Jack and Johnny, I hope you're both well after a great weekend for the Dragons. Over the next five rounds, we have a bit of a murderer's row. Uh, we probably aren't favoured to win any of those games. Uh, for you guys, what are your uh, hopes and expectations in terms of results and what do you think is a pass mark? Cheers. Thanks very much. So, Potsy, uh, Tim wants to know what's a pass mark over the next five or six weeks with obviously a lot of pundits and uh, and different commentators not really giving us too much of a chance. Well, as a fan, not to sound too arrogant, I want to win every game that, that, that we're in. But I, I guess feasibly out of those next six games, I guess you, you would you would take maybe three. I'd like to win three out of that that, that next six. So you're, you're kind of sitting at Maybe a maybe a four and two or a four and three record through the first kind of six to eight weeks of the season. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, you don't want to be losing touch with with some of those those bigger teams and um, the, the gap that starts to open between the top eight and the bottom eight. So you want to start getting some Ws very early in the season. And yeah, that certainly is hard for the Dragons. They've got a, a very um, tough draw coming up over the, the few weeks. The sh- Sharks, the Eels, uh, Rabbitohs, and the Knights. Um, Roosters following that. So yeah, look, mm. there are some some tough games ahead, but I think we will know a lot more come seven thirty on Friday night when it's full time in this match between the Dragons and the Panthers. I think we'll know exactly how the Dragons are positioned. The benchmark is the Panthers. We'll know how they've gone against them, and we'll be able to have a look forward towards the season and and how they may may finish. But yeah, as you said, you want to try and get. You want to at least get half of your games in the next six weeks as wins. Uh, George Catralis has uh, written in Potsy and said, uh, this week's game will undoubtedly be hard, but I feel it's a great opportunity for Hook to use this match as motivation for the boys to see where they can get to with a little bit of hard work. It's no secret that Hook built the Panthers into the team they are today, and with the current mix of youth and experience in our ranks, there's something very Penrith 2014 to 2016 about the 2022 Dragons. What are your thoughts? Yeah, George, I think you're spot on there, mate. It is a, it's a big opportunity and it's motivation um, for a lot of players in this team as well. It's not only the, the younger guys that we've spoken about before, um, the likes of Tyrell Sloan and um, the like of being able to stand up, but it's also these veterans as well. There's Molo starting this week in the front row. So this is a, mm. a real big chance for him to try and cement his spot there. Tom Burgess comes onto the bench. This is a big opportunity for him to be able to cement himself on the bench as well going forward as well. So um, right across the board, lots of motivation in this game and and obviously with the tribute that's going to be there on Friday night also um, for one of our great Dragons, I think this is a huge game um, that all these players are going to love to be a part of and no better opportunity than to take on the, the Premiers. Uh, Moko Morris asked Potsy, who do you think should get the wing spot next to Suli for the season? I personally think Ramsey's speed next to Suli could be lethal. Yeah, see, I was a little bit... Um, unsure about this wing position. Um, we'd spoken about it previously, and I'd sort of lent the way of Matt Finney to to take that wing position. I just thought that he was a stronger runner mm, of the ball yeah. um, coming out of the back end of the field, and he can help um, build the set when, obviously, you, you, your forwards are tired. You want some of those those bigger um, players in the back line to, 
to help out. So it's the likes of Mika coming out of dummy half and, and making metres, or you've got Moses Suli um, coming one off the ruck and, and making more metres again. And I just thought that Matt Finney would be a, a good winger as well, that he's a big body that he can help carry him through. But look, I think Cody Ramsey's doing a, a job there at the moment. So again, another opportunity for someone to put their hand up and say, I want that, that wing spot. Uh, Bailey Ashes has asked us, uh, hey guys, what are your thoughts on the rumours about Britain Akora coming to the Dragons? Uh, well, personally, Bailey, I, I reckon it would be a great signing. I know there's been a, a little bit of rumours circling with um, uh, Shane Flanagan um, joining the list department um, or list management department for, for the Dragons. I know you've seen a fair bit of him. Potsy is one of those damaging edge edge back rowers. If I know Tarek Sims was on some, some big money, uh, mooted to be on $600,000 a year. If they could spend some of that coin if he does go to the Storm next year, on someone like a, a Britain Nakora, get him uh, get him across the Tom Uglies Bridge to to the Dragons. That would be a, that'd be a pretty astute signing. One of the big ones like they did with with Jaden Sewer last season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, sort of spending his time there between the Sharks and the, the Jets at the moment, Britain. So um, maybe that might be one that Flano can get across Tom Uglies to to come and join the team as well um, down here in Wollongong. And we certainly need some more of those those blokes on the edge. Um, some of those bigger bodies to create a bit of punch and and to have that extra depth. So yeah, look, I I think this could be a good signing if the rumours are, are true there, Bailey. That um, yeah, Britain Nakora may be coming to the Dragons. Uh, Philip Leishman has uh, written in. He said, "Hey guys, do you think that Sims is fully committed to the Dragons? He didn't look very enthused playing on the weekend in the New South Wales Cup." Yeah, I didn't get to catch this one. Um, it was televised on on Facebook Live over the weekend. So I, I unfortunately didn't get to see this game and to, to see how he went. But I'd like to think that um, Tarek's a bit of a professional, that um, he's not going to go out there and kick stones purposely, um, mm. that he's back in reserve grade and he's not in first grade. So, um, look, without having seen it, um, Philip, I, I, I can't really comment. But um, as a professional rugby league player, I'd like to think that he's still having a crack that – um, he still thinks he's a chance of, of making this first grade squad and, and finishing out on a positive season with the Dragons if this turns out as it sounds to be his last year in the Red V. Uh, Daniel Yodfus has uh, messaged in and said, hey guys, thoughts on Francis Mo- Francis Molo potentially being a damaging player, although to me it seems he lacks the same effort of Blocker and DeBellin. What are your thoughts? Well, Daniel, I hope that if he follows Blocker's um, runs on Friday night, then he'll lift for the occasion because, as I said before, the effort that Blocker puts into his runs, he's not the biggest prop forward in the game, but, geez, what he can he can put into the runs both defensively and, and in attack is huge. So I'm really hoping that may may rub off on, on Molo there that um, Big Frank might, might follow charge and uh, really do some damage against those Penrith forwards because we'll be certainly needing that come Friday night. Uh, last two questions, Potsy. Uh, first one is from Cooper Island. He said, hey, boys, would you sign a hooker at the end of the season with the money freed from Sims, someone like a Harry Grant mould? What, what are your thoughts on on that, Potsy? Yeah, well, I'm thinking maybe no for this one, Cooper, because I like I like Connor Mulheeson. Mm. I've seen him coming through the, the ranks here, played with the Thoreau Butchers in the juniors, um, coming through the Steelers. He got his opportunity there with the Dragons over summer as well and got to play a trial. And he's a real footballer's footballer. He is, he yeah. He just loves the game. He loves the, the study behind it, the technicalities behind it. He rolls his sleeves up and he does the hard work. And I think he could be another one that the – the Dragons through this blueprint that I believe they have of trying to bring juniors forward and build a, a solid base around that, that Connor may be one of those number nines that will will come through and maybe they might be able to save their money for, for something else there, Cooper. 
Uh, Chris Sant sends in the last question for our Fans Corner segment. Boys, what is Griffin's plan with Bud Sullivan and what would you guys do with him? Oh, poor Bud. I think what I'd do is try and help him out to fix those hamstrings yeah, for him. Yeah, that's the, right. That's the, the first thing, bloke, isn't it? He, he's having all kinds of drama. And, I'd, yeah, my, my former life of being a professional athlete, I know what it's like to have mm. dodgy hamstrings and they're a pain. Once you do it once, you'll do it twice and three times. And, and poor Bud, that's happened to him as well. So I, I think it's a bit of a long game there for for Bud with um, the Dragons at the moment. I think just need to get him right um, physically. Obviously, being um, an 80-minute player in first grade, he's going to be a really big challenge for him. But, geez, he certainly showed his wares when he, he slotted in at number nine at the back end of last season um, to try and fill a spot for the Dragons. Um, so, look, that could be the case that he might float between nine and seven, mm. um, obviously seven being his position. But I think at the moment for Bud, it's just getting his body right so that he can get some football under his belt. Yeah, just be great to see him playing a bit of New South Wales Cup. I'm sure he would send a few defences going a bit crazy if he was slotting into that number seven jumper for for the Dragons reserve grade side. But yeah, I think he does have a bright future, but just getting on the field and playing a bit of consistent footy is uh, is the first thing that we want to see from uh, from Jaden. Hopefully plenty of that happens in season 2022. That completes our Fans Corner segment for this week. If you want to get your questions featured on the Red V podcast, you can always email them to us, redvpodcast at gmail.com or we uh, do uh, put up a question graphic on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagrams, and you can jump on there and uh, drop your question uh, below. Hopefully, we answered your questions sufficiently uh, here tonight on episode 113 of the Red V Podcast. That also brings us to the end of the podcast, episode 113, done and dusted. Hope it's uh, left you informed or encouraged or looking forward to Friday night's game against the Penrith Panthers, and let's hope that we're talking about a Dragons win on next week's podcast. Potsy, uh, thanks for coming up off the bench the last minute, mate, to, to help us out here on the podcast this week. A fantastic job as always, and I've thoroughly enjoyed talking Dragons footy with you, mate. Yeah, always love to, to chat all things Dragons with you, mate, and it's it's great to be on board and only three more sleeps now until that big game on Friday night. I can't wait, Dragons. Yep, should be an absolute cracker on Friday night. Let's hope the Dragons can pull that out of the fire and maybe cause one of the big boil overs or upsets of the season. But big thanks to all of you that have tuned in and continue to support the podcast week in, week out. Episode 113, done and dusted from myself, Jack Clifton and Luke Potter. Until next week, where episode 114 drops and hopefully talking about back to back wins for the mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, this is Jack Clifton and Luke Potter signing off for the Red V Podcast. Let's go, those mighty Dragons. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.